welcome to the Kids Like You and Me podcast. We're here with Carrie Furness of Pleaser, Patty Melt, Birthing Hips, The Cavemen, Disembowelment Choir, Mother's Day. Did I forget any? Um, actually, new solo project happening under Carolyn, my real name. <laughs> oh, okay. Excellent. All oh, right. Perfect. Sweet. Well, Tell us a little bit about that. Well, welcome to the pod. Oh, thank you so much. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so psyched um, to do anything kids like you and me related. You guys are awesome. I love the shows. I love the taste. I love the writing. I obviously love the music that both of you make. Um, and I miss it a lot. Actually, I have had, um, this isn't this isn't Food Masters, but I have had like a Little League World Series stuck in my head. Um, for a lot of this pandemic for some reason (laughs) i just love that song so much it wouldn't strike me as a catchy song but i'm humbled it's it's terrifying (laughs) i love it so much (laughs) Um, (laughs) anyway yeah um but yeah yeah i just started making um music by myself during this pandemic because you know i'm usually i'm usually a working girl uh, well, actually, whoa. Um, but I work a lot. I, I usually I'm teaching a lot of voice lessons and I'm teaching a lot of music, but I just, you know, I lost a lot of work during this pandemic because a lot of my work is forward facing. So I really just for the first time in my life, like had time and also like the ability to isolate, uh, to make music by myself, which I've never done before. Um, I've usually like written music for bands or, you know, I, I, I like, don't really play instruments that well. Like I can play piano pretty well, like bass pretty okay, but you know, never enough for me to like accompany myself and feel good about that. Oh, so wow. I just, um, yeah, I got into like recording on a, like a Tascam Porta studio and like arranging stuff in Ableton and stuff. So yeah, that's what I've been working on. It's like very synth heavy, synthesizer heavy and like drum machines and stuff some bedroom pop for you just like everyone else did that's exciting yeah (laughs) oh yeah yeah. no that's is stepping into that for the first time that be well it's kind of cool you have you have total ownership over you can literally do anything right yeah (laughs) yeah it's it's pretty cool I mean I'm I know that you've done solo stuff as well but yeah it's like the the only person I can rely on is me and that was that's pretty cool because I've usually relied on collaboration which I also love but um yeah I've never just like wung it before and just tried stuff so you know it's always good to like try new things have like a beginner's mindset about stuff you know not take things too seriously Mm -hmm. just kind of go for it and see what happens and yeah awesome yeah, when did you start playing music? Um, I started, I guess, I think I was in fifth grade. I joined choir and I joined band on trombone. So, um, yeah, I, I went to a public school with like a pretty um, awesome music program. And so I played trombone and I sung in choirs all throughout high school. And then um, I went to music school. I like auditioned on trombone and voice and entered um, University of Miami on, as a trombone major. <laughs> um, oh, wow. Yeah, so, and then, and then I kind of switched to voice because I got put in like the shittiest jazz band and the, like, the best vocal group. So I was like, maybe I should <laughs> reevaluate my decisions here, so, yeah. Okay, cool. And you, uh, 
you're you're uh, excuse me you're from Illinois originally yeah yeah I grew up um just a little bit north of Chicago like 20 minutes north oh wow okay in a town called Wilmette which like I feel like the only mention of it in pop culture is when like Wayne Wayne's World Dana Carvey and um what the heck it's Mike Myers Mike meet Myers. like two nerds and they're like oh, I'm from Aurora I'm from Wilmette but <laughs> <It's like, laughs> well, still, that's cool though. Yeah. That, that's cool. That you got a name drop, and uh, town gets a name drop, and uh, Wayne's World. I know, I know. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> were you going to shows in uh, Illinois or in Ch- oh, Chicago? Oh man, I like. I really wish I. I mean, I went to. I had some friends who played in some like high school punk bands, and there was you know like some community centers they would play at. So I went to a few of those, um, and. But honestly, I wasn't really that cool. Like I wasn't cool enough to like be that DIY yet. I feel like I really started going to shows a lot when I was, when I moved to Boston actually. And sort of like the, at least like the school, the music school scene and like the Mm -hmm. DIY scene kind of combine. And um, yeah, I feel like I started going to like real DIY shows then. Nice. Yeah, Yeah. that's interesting. We were wondering about that because it is, it did seem like at least in Boston, I mean, this probably goes back years, but the connection between the music school and the underground, interesting connection. Yeah, yeah. I think it's, I don't know, it's super cool. The first um, basement show I went to was, um, I was a huge fan of Ava Luna coming in to Boston. Um, for some reason, I knew about them when I was in college, just cause I was like such a little pitchfork baby. Like I loved pitchfork indie bands <laughs> a lot, like Grizzly Bear and yeah, like Dirty right. Projectors. Yeah, I was too. like super into that stuff. I mean, I still like that stuff now, but I definitely have gone way deeper, I think. But um, that's where I started. And you know, you can't, you can't just be cool and like listening to cool noise, like straight out of the womb. You kind of have to grow into it. <laughs> Right. <laughs> so yeah. yeah, yeah. So I went to this cool show. Um, Ava Luna played in a basement in JP, like kind of by Jackson Square. I think it was called like something like about the space or moon or something. I don't remember. Hmm. Do you guys know? I'm trying to think. Hmm. You know what year it was? In JP? It was, yeah, it was 2014, Jackson Square, like right on Neverland. No. No. I don't yeah. know why that would be like the moon or whatever, but I don't know. <laughs> I have just, no freaking idea. Well, funny, yeah, that sounds like a good good era. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh Pale Hound played that show. Krill played that show. It was oh, like wow. but it was in a tiny Damn, little a basement? basement. Yeah. Jeez. Um, oh, who else? Celestial uh Shore? Celestial Shore. Okay. Yeah, this mm-hmm. all sounds like like very much that of that time and it yeah. also sounds like a wow. like a pretty big show too yeah yeah it, it sounds like a show that could happen at great scott or something i yeah. know right but it was like there was nobody there there were like 20 people there and the cops came in the middle of ava Luna's set and so like i didn't even get to see like more than four tunes from them which was sad wow but, yeah. oh wow yeah um damn. damn yeah it's funny like you were saying with the indie stuff i i feel like one thing that, you know, because it's like for at times I, I kind of like, I'm like, yeah, uh, uh, indie or whatever, kind of, you know, yeah. you know, but, <laughs> but yeah, even though like, you know, 
a lot of us get into stuff from that. I really do think that a lot of, you know, not it's soul value, but a lot of that kind of like some of those bigger stuff, like you mentioned, pitchfork, that it could be a gateway to like more underground stuff, like you were saying. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And there's, there's no shame in that. I actually like, yeah. I was talking to um Andrea Pensato about this because I mean, who is like the most humble and like deepest, like most amazing, one of the most like amazing people in our scene, but who is also like such a giving teacher and giving educator and is just so nice. And I remember talking to her being mm-hmm. like, yeah, I mean, I didn't really get into this kind of music until like recently. She's like, nobody did. That's the greatest thing. Like you always, you know, you can't, you aren't born with that <laughs> taste. And I was like, right. yeah, like we're never, we're not cool. We weren't, we weren't cool <laughs> back then. So. Yeah, no, exactly. I, I and like, <laughs> You know, like, uh, I mean, I feel like, yeah, nobody starts off unless you have like some sort of like real, like maybe like a family member or friend that's really like introducing all this stuff directly to you as a child or something like nobody starts off, you know, getting into all these like deeper stuff. So, I mean, yeah, yeah. In in general, I I, I don't know if you feel this way, but more like as I get a little bit older, I start to like feel like more of a sense of like, yeah, you know what? people can like kind of different things. And, you know, it's, it's like, there's different ways to even, do you want people to get into the kind of stuff that, that maybe is lesser known that you want to, you know, that it's like, I, I try not, you know, it, it seems like you feel a similar way to like not go the, the elitist route and be more like, like, Oh, cool. Like, all right, let's like be like more welcoming, you know? Totally. Yeah. I mean, like, I don't know. I hate, I don't know. I just don't like it when somebody freaking nags me. <laughs> like, right. I don't know. Like, mm. I just feel like, um, I don't know, wherever I've been, there's always been people who are like so cooler, so much cooler than me. And they like try to act like it. And it's just like, I don't know, like people start from the same place. Like, I don't know. And usually like the types of people were you know, like elitists would look at their music taste and be like, oh, bless your heart, you know, blah, blah. It's like, we all got to start somewhere. And it's like, right. I don't know who give who gives a shit. <laughs> I'm just like, I don't know. I, I just also, I just love like totally. all types of music. That's not cool too. Like I wouldn't even call it guilty pleasure anymore. Cause I feel Dang. like that's coming from the same elitism that you can't like pop music or something or you know it's like yeah yeah appreciate it seems like you have an unabashed i don't know if that's even a word but unabashedly for unabashedly i think so passion for <laughs> yeah yeah that's yeah pop for pop pop music and yeah and i always appreciated that in everything that you do thanks yeah it's yeah. i don't know yeah go for it. yeah no go on no no no, no. you go uh, I was just going to say, yeah, I agree hundred percent what you're saying. And it really is like, I, I, yeah, that I'm not a big fan of that term guilty pleasure. I can only think of it as like, as if there was something to do, like if it was like some sort of like hateful message or something and some, you know, whatever, but as far as like a, a, from a musical sense or whatever, it's like, and that's usually when, how people are using it. They're like, they're like, Oh, that's my, you know, that's like, I like that uh backstreet boys or whatever thing, or I like that, uh, you know, um, whatever Taylor Swift, like that's a guilty pleasure. And it's like, yeah. no, it's like you don't have to be guilty if you like it. You like, you know, I mean, whatever. I know, I know. It's yeah. And it's like, I feel like that's so many people's like quote unquote guilty pleasure. Like, why why is it 
Like, if so many people like it, why is it still guilty? Like, I just don't get it. Yeah, no, no, totally. Um, yeah, I'm with you 100% on that. Um, it might be anthro- anthropology. <laughs> anthropology? Um, yeah, you know, anthrop- I've been, one of my pastimes is studying anthropology, and it's just, I think a lot of people get caught up in the essentialism of believing that certain things have these characteristics that, you know, you can't really pinpoint, but they believe are there. And mm. I think that might extend to, to musical stuff too. Oh, interesting. Tell me more. <laughs> no, I, it's not fully formed. I'm, I'm, I'm working, I'm working on that. But uh, like I said, I, I do this for, I do this for fun. I never studied it formally. So I, yeah. this, I'll, this is actually I'll get back to you, Carrie. Podcast. <laughs> <laughs> We just do music on the side, just for just for fun. <laughs> it's all anthropology. Anthropology, amazing! All anthropology. <laughs> anthropology shows. When I, the, thought when you were, I thought you were talking about like the clothing company, like anthropology, like you know, like the the hippie. Aesthetic. Well, there are no guilty pleasures, so yeah. <laughs> I was just like, Definitely. oh, I was like, yes, people who shop at Anthropology love Taylor Swift. Uh, it's yeah. all okay. It's all making sense now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. So okay. So we were speaking that you went to music school at the New England Conservatory. Um. I was actually I was wondering sort of like, uh, if that had any sort of connection with the kind of like your involvement in the local music scene as far as like were you developing that sort of interest or you know from the from the music school in addition to like say that Ava Luna show or were they separate um sometimes they were separate but sometimes they really came together um like I don't know so so I mean when I went to when I went to University of Miami um for my undergrad I was like studying jazz like straight on jazz, but I always loved like weirder rock or like, and I really was into like free jazz, like Ornette Coleman and like all those, like Albert Eiler, like all those heads. Oh, um, nice. But like nobody at UM liked that stuff. And also I was living in Miami, had no idea what like, I had never heard of International Noise Conference. Like I just was so lost um, right. and upset with like, I don't know, just the community was like kind of a bummer sometimes. Like they just weren't that open-minded about stuff like that. But then when I went to, I like went to NEC because like everybody there, I mean, there's, there's obviously like normies that go to NEC, but like a lot of people are really like have really out there taste in music and are super like into free jazz and also noise and also like, you know, um, no wave, like, you know, where, jazz and rock meet (laughs) um and so yeah like I feel like you know I once I got into like a more forgiving community where people like were really listening to stuff that I really enjoyed and like I was able to make that stuff with people and not just feel alone um like that you know I was I was and and sort of like also going to these basement shows and like you know not seeing a single person I knew and like I don't know it was sort of funny they I sort of like started well, uh, I, I am all over the place, but 
you know, hearing about bands like Gorilla Toss, who were like, you know, the yeah. noise and the NEC and sort of like being drawn towards that. And also like a lot of the shows that were going on at the Midway Cafe that um, like Conrad and Katie McShane would host. Um, oh, hell yeah. Yeah. And like a lot of like, you know, there'd be people from NEC doing in weird bands, but there'd also be like other local faves sort of there. And so, you know, once I like developed a repertoire of like people who I really, really liked, then, you know, it just all went down from there. Like, you know, being invited to Facebook events and going to shows and it just, it just sort of like became a habit. Cool. Yeah. I mean, yeah. yeah. I mean, for a lot of this stuff, I mean, we're Glenn and I, especially it's like, we're, we're always like curious because it's like, especially I've, found even with this podcast it's like you're like putting together all these different pieces and everyone kind of has a different experience but at the same time there's also like a shared experience yeah too. Mm-hmm. like like you mentioned like the stuff at the midway and I think I we may have gone to like one or one or two of those but I think it was also kind of like a little bit out of our like I don't, I don't know if it was totally on our radar but like our, we knew Conrad yeah. but yeah, but we knew like Conrad and stuff like that. So it's just interesting hearing all these different things because you just realize how many, how many, how much is going on, you know? Yeah, yeah there's a lot of stuff going on. Seems. Yeah, and like you know, I mean, I'm, the NEC folk, like I feel like they kind of stop at JP a little bit, and like, um, you know, but when the <laughs> when like the local people, like the local bands that had nothing to do with NEC would like, you know, they'd play the Midway, but then they'd play, you know, Grandma's House or um, Black Lodge or places like that or O'Brien's. You know, I feel like I was, that's kind of where I like stopped with the music school people and like started meeting a lot of people on my own and sort of like, cause I feel like, yeah, I feel like like people who live in JP, like, especially if they don't have a car, like they don't want to go to Austin. It's so far. (laughs) (laughs) So a really uh, good point. I hadn't really thought of that. Yeah, yeah, it's like it's yeah. it's segregated like that with the school and the non-school peeps. And you know, I didn't really like that. I kind of wish they would come together a little more, but um <laughs> more for me. <laughs> <laughs> so do you remember when we first we first met? Um I don't know if we met all at the same time or whatnot, but okay. I definitely have this memory of going to the Black Lodge for show. And you played, Glenn played with the cavemen. And I just remember you like, just, you were just going ham. Like you, <laughs> you had the guitar and you were like shoving Straight. it up to the ceiling, like, like shoving the guitar, like up. And I was like, that's amazing. That's so, so sick. And then I think, <laughs> and then Chris, I think I met you like, as I was talking to Glenn about like how awesome I thought that was. And then I think, yeah, I think I can't remember what show that was like. That's right. No, I I think that was the infamous one at grandma's house. Was it? No. So I think the one you're referencing. Black Lodge. Yeah. The one you're referencing was January 30th, 2016. And it was Mm -hmm. the cavemen birthing hips. Candy Miami, Steam Tractor, and Johnny and the Food Masters at the Black Lodge. Yes, this is an epic show, but I actually am wondering whether I saw the cavemen before that because I met Peter. I met Peter, and then that's when Peter... Oh, no, 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 no. I met Travis 
at a show in November. Oh, snap. I know. I'm at a show in November <laughs> with Neutral oh, Fixation wow. 2 with Jackie, the most amazing front person ever. Uh, I don't know what Jackie's wow. last name is. Um, but it was that and like, oh man, I'm forgetting all the bands. Um, so in 2015. Yeah. So I met Travis there and then Travis booked us for the January 30th gig. Oh, wow. okay. Yeah. And then, but That's I don't amazing. know. I, I feel like I saw the cavemen before that, or I don't know if that, maybe that was my first exposure to the cavemen. I'm not well, sure. I do. Think- I remember that conversation with you. I remember talking about, yeah, yeah I remember <laughs> you were really excited. I was like, oh, wow, someone actually appreciated these shenanigans. Uh, it was, <laughs> I appreciated that was, that was wild. So <laughs> it, it was the best. It, it was like uh that was like great like uh part of the like the show i remember and and with like the cave bed but i, I was gonna say there was um there was also there were a couple of shows that uh where glenn was in the caveman that was at uh, uh grandma's house there was I, one in december and there's one in um september and there mm. may have been some other ones too where uh but i know glenn you were playing them at those shows so it's possible could have been um hmm. before that january 30th one yeah huh but, i i i am yeah. i it is a blur <laughs> but yeah it's it a lot a of shows it's a lot of shows to, well the, so that was five years ago was that the infamous show was what? yeah i remember that was five yeah. freaking years ago <laughs> yeah. yeah wow january what'd you say january 30th 2016 was that, oh. yeah. Was that the date? Yeah. Damn. You know, I, I remember it too, because I remember it was really like packed too. And I remember Birthing Hips playing and I, I thought it sounded awesome, but I was like way in the back. It was just packed in there. And I couldn't see anything, but I remember it sounding awesome. Oh, cool. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. I was so psyched to be there because like, obviously I had just been fangirling a lot of these shows, just going. I didn't know anyone. Um, and yeah, I remember, I don't like, like we played our first show, I think, oh no, no, no. Our, we played our first show like almost a year before that, but then it was like summer break, which is really funny. A really funny like pause for a band, summer break, mm-hmm. like, because <laughs> everybody's in college. Um, and then we like kind of formed again. We played that November show at Out of the Blue too with Neutral Fixation. And then, yeah, then Travis asked us to play a show at Charlie's with Candy Miami, I think in December and then that January show. But I'd also met Pete somehow. I can't remember. I think I, think I actually just started talking to Pete when I went by myself to a grandma's house show. And I was like, Cause I don't know. I feel like in, Bo- you know, I'm from the Midwest and Boston just seems so icy sure. in comparison. Like it's so, people are so unapproachable <laughs> sometimes. <laughs> yeah, true. Oh, and yeah. I'm like, blah, 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 blah. And like, I, I just remember Peter, like, and I actually having like a comp, like a back and forth. And I was like, wow, <laughs> this is great. A back and uh, forth. Yeah, no, thank you for injecting some of that Midwest enthusiasm. Yeah, absolutely. Noteworthy <laughs> at the time compared to a lot of people, for sure. Uh, it was, you were just very, you know, enthusiastic. Yeah, it's a bit much. Yeah, totally. <laughs> much appreciated. Thank you. <laughs> I know you guys love the Midwest too, so I don't feel patronized. I feel like you guys wish you were 
in the Midwest or am I wrong? Yeah. <laughs> I just, I just know you love like the Memphis scene and the Madison Air scene and stuff. Oh, sure. Exactly. Yeah. 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 All that shit. Yeah, yeah. No, it's so true. Um, yeah. And, and I, I think it's true that like people sometimes in, in Boston can be a little like unapproachable and like sometimes it's like, then you, it's like, Oh, okay. They're maybe they're still a little shy or whatever. Once you get to know them totally. or whatever. And then and then there's times where people are like, ah, all right, sometimes they're just, <laughs> that's just how they are. Oh, well. You got to crack them. Yeah. 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 yeah totally. <laughs> crack them. <laughs> um, so with birthing hips, with like the other, all, all, all of the hips were from uh, the New England Conservatory. Right? Um, not everyone. So Owen oh, okay. actually, um, so Wendy and Owen met when Wendy was studying at Eastman School of Music in Rochester and Owen um, was just in Rochester playing shows and Wendy and Owen met um, through doing that. And then um, Birthing Hips actually had a different drummer and a different bassist for like our first couple shows. Um, oh, we, we had this drummer named Ryan Sands who is like this amazing jazz drummer. He's actually here in New York. Um, and Simone Wilson, another jazz bassist, but like they just had a lot of gigs. And so I was like, I need somebody who can play more gigs. So we got um, Andres, who actually is an amazing guitar player, um, but who plays bass also to play bass. And then um, Owen decided to move to Boston basically because they were just like sick of Rochester. They wanted to change and they wanted to hang with Wendy. And so they literally just came up and Wendy was like, how do you feel about Owen being our new drummer? And I'm like, hell yes. So, um, yeah. So Owen, Owen was not an NEC person, but, um, they are, yeah, they are a Rochester transplant. Actually they're in New York too. I've seen them and I played a few shows with them a few times since moving here, but, um, yeah. So three quarters, three quarters NEC. Okay. Okay, cool. Yeah. I would I wasn't sure. I guess I, I just dr- jumped to that conclusion or maybe I heard wrong, but that, okay. That, all right. So I got at least, I got three fourths of them. Yes, right. exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> okay, cool. Um, yeah. And then, uh, let's see, I think it's funny. I think, and then like throughout 2016, I really feel like it was, I saw a lot of birthing hip shows. We were playing like every week. It was. It seemed like it. Feels- it, was, it was a little wild. It was a little much because also it's like you play the same songs every week. But you know, it, it honestly is a testament to how that kind of works. If you really want to insert yourself into a scene and like you just play every show that somebody yeah. asks you to play. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah, in hindsight, I'd probably it, play less shows, yeah. but it was it was still really fun. Yeah, I mean, totally. It, it the like you said, it's definitely a good way to for like a band to just you know you just start seeing the name, you know, just over and over mm-hmm. again. And then you see the and then you see them on good bills, and then it's like it's a good way for to meet other bands and everything. And exactly. Um, yeah, just great. A lot of great times. I'm thinking of all the. A lot of show like grandma's house i remember seeing y'all at like the banana hammock and oh my goodness that was so fun that was oh, my only Alberta, yeah, that right was my... 
Yeah, I, I believe so. Yeah. Oh, that was so sick. It was in July, and it was really night. I remember it was like a really beautiful night. Damn. Um, yeah. And that was my only time I think I'd ever been there at that house, um, which is cool. That, it was just so uh, unique. What yeah. a unique group. Yeah. <laughs> it was really mind blowing. I hadn't seen anything like that, really. Yeah. Cool. Uh, awesome. Well, it was like, like we discussed, it, it was, you know, sort of the meeting of the more noise sort of avant-garde stuff with, uh, you know, the New England Conservatory pop and like in, you know, real like technique and the sort of like to pop sensibilities. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, do you find it all like the sort of like uh, is there any sort of like big distinction between like the academic side say of music versus sort of more like the the, the underground kind of DIY stuff oh you mean like just in general like um like- I guess like just with like your with like uh, uh yeah I mean I, I guess in general yeah it's, it's a yeah, broad like the- question because you could composition compositionally speaking yeah like the Uh, actual arrangements and stuff yeah i mean hmm you know i could i would have had a different answer for you if i went if if i was just coming straight out of university of miami where everybody has like charts and stuff like you like actual like sheet music for people to read and stuff actually what's weird about birthing hips is like when i first started writing songs for birthing hips like i actually had sheet music Oh, interesting. For the people, like before we started writing together, because a lot of the songs, um, at least the first album, pretty much the entire album, I like brought in sheet music for people to read, but it was kind of vague. You know, it wasn't like parts, didn't have like people's parts written down. It was like the melody and like chords that I think would sound good. But honestly, like I am not a huge I, I'm not very knowledgeable. I mean, I am knowledgeable about harmony, but I'm not like one of those like wizards, like harmony wizards. Like I'm not like a pianist or a guitarist or anything. Like, um, so like I would be like, yo, you guys can change this if it just sounds weird. Cause basically it would just be like from this chord to this chord to this chord to this chord. And it would just, <laughs> I mean, I, like it sound, I, I wanted it to sound like weird on purpose, but like if people had better ideas, I was definitely open-minded about it. Um, but yeah, it, it, that, it started out with just like sheet music and, but, but obviously it wasn't, you know, just me, it wasn't all me and my music. It was like everybody's interpretation of like right. what that could be. And like, everybody had a huge say in what their part was going to be. Like, I, I kind of like to keep it vague in a group setting. Cause then, you know, then you're not like controlling everything. You're like letting people do what they yeah. do. Um, mm-hmm. Which which is why I think it worked so well because like, you know, you obviously have like Wendy, like a harmony wizard, um, Andres who just fucking goes for it and just starts playing just mm-hmm. random amazing shit. And like Owen just was like, <laughs> brought it to like a whole new level with like, their drumming and the beats um because they're like totally a punk old school punk drummer like through and through um right who loves like weird shit like they're like a punk drummer who like got really into deer hoof um so it's sort of like that mix but yeah i mean like in a school setting 
it wouldn't have been that different at that time because that was the kind of music I was writing. And I mean, the ensembles would be different. Like if I were writing for a jazz group, actually, no, that's not true. I like brought in some weird shit to them too. It kind of, so it like, it depends on the setting. Like if I'm in a, like a strictly jazz group, it would be different. But like, if I was just writing my own music, it would be that same thing. I bring in a vague idea. I bring in the lyrics. I bring in a melody and some chords and whatever that ensemble turns it into. Like if they're a jazz group, it'll probably sound jazzy. If it, if they're a rock group, it'll sound rocky. If it's like a free jazz, like totally weirdo thing, it'll sound really wild or like, you know, mm-hmm. but if I brought it into like some really stiff, like, um, I don't know, math jazz people who are like really uptight, then they would play it in a different way. I don't know. So it's like, that's funny. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm, I'm, I, I was kind of a, a broad question that I just, I couldn't really think of a way to make it more like, uh, uh, I guess uh, to get like at the crux of what I was trying to figure out. I, I just, I'm, cause I'm not exactly sure. And I'm not as familiar with totally. like the technical side of music. I, and so I'm not sure how like prevalent that is as far as like the kind of scene that we all, uh, you know, run through where they're like how much of like a uh, music school background is, is, you know, with a lot of, uh, you know, is, is a part of like a lot of the bands so it's it just kind of sort of like intrigued where like, I guess, where those two worlds sort of uh, collide. Yeah, totally. And like, you know, it, yeah, it just, it really depends on the group. And, you know, the more that we were together, like, especially the second album, like we were, we were kind of jamming and coming up with stuff for the most part. Um, there's a few like through composed songs on the album, like, like the last of our most recent one, like a wish I wrote that and they played it, but everything else was like a total collaboration between everybody. Um, yeah. And I guess in music, it would be the same if you were in like an ensemble at school, like usually you're playing like some other person's music and they like give you the sheet music, but that's, what's kind of cool about like jazz and stuff is, I mean, some people like write out the exact parts for like the drums or the like the exact rhythms they want the drums to play or the exact bass line or the exact, you know, um, like the exact chords in the in the order of the voicing, which basically just means like, you know, what order of notes are they playing on the piano to make an F chord or whatever, like um, because there's like a million possibilities. So people just like there's, there's some control freaks out there, but then there's some people who just kind of like write vague shit and let the ensemble do the work. So it's sort of like, there's, there's a lot of different ways you could look at it. Okay, cool. It seemed, it was like the, what struck me was the, the ability to change things up so quickly. I think that's what really, I just love that so much just, and I, I think I know that I personally can't I don't really have the, the headspace to do that kind of thing. So I think that's why it blew my mind so much. Just it all seemed to fit and you were all, but the, the changes were just so rapid and just so, so fun. Cool. I don't know what that's called. Yeah. Is that like, does, does, does that have a name? Like changing like genres or changing like time feels or changing like Every, everything. Sections? Yeah, just yeah. Any sort of, immediate change in a song because you know out, outside of the typical what you would think of a song 
Yeah. I mean, you know, what's, what's funny is like, you know, it, it isn't that heady because usually the song would have like, and the order of things would have already been thought out usually, but it would just be like, how long, you know what I mean? And then I'd like cue sort of like a, like a kraut rock band or like a jam band or a, like a psych band, for instance, like, you know, the band like winds down as like the soloist is winding down or like the band gets amped up when like the soloist is getting amped up. So it's sort of like, it's sort of similar in a way, but it's like sort of, yeah, it's sort of like the time, the timing was just kind of all over the place. Like depending on like where I was singing it, like how fast I was singing it or like whatever. So like all the sections were planned, you know, but it's sort of like, how long is each section? Yeah. Kind of this similar with like psych. Yeah. You know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, def- definitely. Um, yeah, no, I, I, I know what you mean, Glenn. It's, it, 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 it definitely is a, is a big part for me, especially of what, um, you know, makes that or made that band really special is just, just, yeah, sometimes it's just quick, like changes are just from like, even just, even like emotionally what's happening in the music. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, a a lot of that, like, it's funny, a lot of NEC bands like really do that a lot, like sort of like the quick change. And I think that's like hugely inspired by like John Zorn, Naked City. Do you guys like, have you guys listened to that? Um, Uh, I know the name, but I'm not familiar with it. Yeah. Like John Zorn. I mean, you know, I'm not like the hugest fan of John Zorn, but like he did do really cool stuff for improvising. Like he, um, he com- he wrote all these like little music games that you can play with people and like a little improv comes out of it. And there's sort of like instructions, you know, like when you make this gesture, I do this. Or like when you cue me, we go into this. Or like we can play two sounds at the same time, but they can never groove with each other. There's sort of like these instructions. Wow. Like, and he has like hundreds of these little games that you can play with people. And just, just to like make stuff happen. And I, I don't know, I find that that's really fun because it's totally open-ended. I mean, for the most part, um, is but- Is that part of the curriculum? That, um, in so, yeah, that for some teachers, yeah. Yeah, for some teachers, yeah. It's um, like, yeah, there's like, there's this one game, game called hockey where I think three people have to be making three completely different sounds but they can only, oh God, I don't even know. I, I have to read it, but it's like, there's these three people making like three very distinct sounds and they can never be playing at the same time or they have to be making like, I don't know, they have to be sliding up and down in a certain way. Like it's just, it's like these instructions. He just, he has all these games. Um, so I feel like that is hugely why we were just switching all over the place <laughs> is like, it was almost like yeah. a game, you know, <laughs> like, how can we, how can we fuck shit up? Um, <laughs> so yeah, Naked City is like that. It's just like, it goes from like surf rock to like cowboy music to like punk music to like metal. It's really weird, but it's cool. Okay, cool. And how does that sort of, yeah. And so how does that like compare to say then uh, your work in band like the cavemen where it's um at least on on the surface where it appears to be like like chaotic but in a completely different way 
Totally. Like, so Glenn knows like these songs are like the chestnuts of cavemen. Like, like, so there's like, you know, the songs were already made. So Kate, um, the previous singer of the cavemen, um, she like already had all the lyrics. So I was like, Hey, Kate, can you send me these, the lyrics? And she was like, sure. I feel like she was kind of confused as to like (laughs) why I wanted her lyrics. Like for some reason, I just thought, okay, these songs are already written. I don't want to fuck them up (laughs) so I was like okay but I mean they were so open-ended they were pretty much these like long grooves right and they're like just jams and you can just do whatever the fuck you want over the entire thing and that's pretty much what Kate did um and so I did that with her lyrics but I sort of made it my own but like you know she would switch like each section sort of like a verse and a chorus would switch in a pop song like if we're gonna you know, go like that. Cause there were like sections of each thing and there was sort of a vibe <laughs> of singing in each section. But, um, yeah, there, that's kind of how I approached that. Yeah, I just was like, totally. I just kind of went ham and I just, I actually like, I had to leave the caveman. I feel really bad. I had to leave because <laughs> my voice was getting so messed up from like all the yelling and screaming I was doing. I was like, Peter, I can't do this anymore because like I am, you know, I'm just like, I have to teach voice and I have to like sing these like hootie tootie jazz songs. And I don't want to sound like Tom Waits while doing so. <laughs> it's like really tough on me, but I loved being yeah, in that band for like the short. Yeah, <laughs> it really yeah. hurt. It hurt <laughs> after a while. I was like, I can't do this. <laughs> yeah, you played uh, one of the, one of our uh, kids like you and me shows. Mm. It was uh, at Club Bohemia with, it was Cavemen, featuring Jim Leonard band and Johnny and the Food Masters. Oh, that was such a sick show. And I love Club Bohemia. Wait, is it still around? Uh, well, at the, it's technically like, <laughs> up, it's like they said it was closed, but then I talked to Mickey and I believe it was it's like technically up for sale. So oh, it okay. could be closed, but it, but it, like, I think that if, if it were possible to be like having shows, which I mean, not, not at the current but if it were that they could still do it until someone bought it wow i think i, I don't want to misquote uh, him but i uh, i think that's kind of the deal oh cool i feel like that place was always like oh it's closing yeah <laughs> was, yeah yeah. i've gotten yeah. sad like too many times yeah I totally. <laughs> yeah but that was such a sick show oh my god yeah yeah that was february i think it was february 4th but I think it's wow. February, definitely February 2017. So it's, yeah, a little wow. four years ago. Wow. Um, times. Yeah, yeah. It, it's, it, I, you know, I've been reflecting a lot on, on the shows over the years. And, you know, it's, it's definitely like that, that year was a big one for, you know, Birthing Hips, of course, and Cavemen. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm trying to remember as we're like, I'm, as we, we can shift into talking about um, Pleaser. And I don't know when, yeah. I, I, the earliest memory I have is seeing Pleaser at, I want to say like Black Lodge. Yeah, that was our first yeah. show. Yeah, I was going to say, I, that yeah, was our totally. First show. Remember that. Yeah. Oh my God. Okay, cool. Yeah. Um, yeah, that was, wow. I mean, Pleaser is, yeah, definitely, it was my first band, like, you know, coming out of birthing hips and, like, trying to find some new stuff to do. 
Um, and right. you know, like Travis and I had started um, seeking each other um, <laughs> in like April of 2016. Mm -hmm. um, and I was like, you know what? Like, let's make some music together. That could be really fun um, or detrimental to our relationship. <laughs> um, but, we, but we went with it. And um, yeah, that was like our first show. It's so funny. Like our, the concept, like it was so funny. I was like obsessed with PC music at the time. And I was like, how do I make PC music? And it's like, that, that is so hard to make. <laughs> it's so hard to make. And like also Travis and I like, tr like doing it like analog with all instruments, like, and not just a backing track. It was so hard. <laughs> it was so difficult. <laughs> um, we had so many, like so much gear that I had to take care of. Like I, again, like as someone who was just a front person and just basically like held a microphone for my entire life, like playing instruments was a real struggle for me. Um, just cause I'd never like accompanied myself and sung. I just have never thought of myself as like, yeah, again, an instrumentalist first yeah. the trombone, but you can't sing and play trombone at the same time. Um, <laughs> someday. <but laughs> someday. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was like, it was chaos. That first pleaser set up, like, I think I had a Korg MS-20, a bass, uh, like, actually, I think that was it. But then like a vocal pedal. And like, it was just so complicated. Yeah. <laughs> Travis had like a pad and a sampler and a synth. And it was, it was just a lot. But um, we've kind of like stripped it down to make it a little simpler over the years. So that's been good. Yeah. No, I re it, it is interesting too, also being a, a two-piece the other two bands had you know well yes yeah it was what so it was four in birthing hips and then there was five or something or six it was like it could up. be up to seven yeah <laughs> wow yeah right. so yeah it's definitely even just that alone with the just two people was really like very like stripping it down and yeah that's interesting um i'm trying to remember what who else played that show do you I, I used to be much better at this. <laughs> ah, man, I am like probably nice guys. I think nice guys yeah, definitely. Yeah, a good chance. <laughs> I think probably. nice guys asked us to play, okay, which is yeah. so nice of them. Um, <laughs> what else? I think uh, maybe Black Beach. Yeah, that could be it. Sounds uh, kind of right, right? right? Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna look through the archives find this up <laughs> we also played this hilarious show at the black lodge like that i'm getting it kind of confused with that we played it we opened a show for three touring bands from new york oh wow it was like um oh what was that band it's that band that's like always fighting on stage and it's really awkward <laughs> <laughs> try to remember oh, what they're called is it a little band what were they from around here? No, they were new. They're all New York. They were oh, all New, new York. York. I got you. Um, they were. Wait, like, did you think it was Glenn? <laughs> never mind. <laughs> never mind. Never mind. But they're yeah. a really cool post punk band. Like super. I know. I'm cool. trying to think. I'm trying because there was a band. There's a band I remember seeing in 2014 that was. Um, oh, I think I found it. Uh, was it Nice Guy? February. Does this oh, sound February right? 8th. February 9th. I I could be. Uh, I have February 9th, Nice Guys, Tour Kickoff, Love Strangers, Julep, 
pleaser at Black Lodge. Yes, there we go. Yes, there we freaking go. That was 2018? That was 2018, yeah. Wow. Whoa, feels like years ago. Oh, my god! And it was, but... <laughs> was at least a few, yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, that was great. Yeah, and then Travis, like, again, his, like, signature double, triple duty. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right, of course. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, wow. That was, that was, yeah, that was a scary show, but everybody was really nice. And, um, I think we, I think we did pretty well for our first set. It was like, you know, we had so much gear, but like, we figured it out. Actually, no, I feel like we didn't really figure it out. (laughs) We kind of figured it out. And then we stripped, we just like simplified every time we played a little, little Mm -hmm. by little. And now it's just me and Travis and he's playing an Octatrack actually. He's like gone full techno. And I've, I'm probably going to sing and play some synths because I'm better at piano now, but it's, <laughs> it's like, oh, that was a fun show though. Wow. So when did you, when did you move to York? Um, we moved in September of 2019. So right. like okay. right before shit hit the fan. Yeah. I was like, Glenn jump is jumping before I, <laughs> oh, <yeah>. I'm sorry. <laughs> I don't mean, I don't mean to jump ahead. Yeah, hold on. Well, well yeah, what, I don't know. Yeah, that, was, that was two entire years. Damn it. Yeah. <laughs> Let's not just gloss over. <laughs> no, no, no. Never. <laughs> I mean, we didn't even talk about the Travis, <laughs> the Travis Palooza. <gasps> right. Jeez. Yes. Right. Right. Also, oh, wait. Yeah. No, actually, what, yeah. Let's get into the, we could talk about the Travis Palooza. Oh, that was so sick. Um, so proud of my my big and his senior recital <laughs> that he never did, that he did Seriously. in 2018. Yeah. <laughs> um, that was amazing. The automatic. Was so epic. Yeah, the automatic. Oh my God. And they stopped having shows after we did that because I think it was well, just too loud. Yeah. <laughs> right. I mean, you you, just, you can't top Travis Palooza's. <laughs> yeah, you can't. <laughs> yeah, true, true, true. So they just said, nope. Yeah, that was a wild show. Oh, heavy hitters, heavy hitters all around. Lyra, Zoe, two of my favorite um, ladies in the scene, um, both doing great things right now. Their music is so sick. So, yeah. Yeah, totally. I'm trying to, I'm, I'm looking for that one too. We, we have a calendar on the Kids Like You and Me page from like just all the past shows. So I'm like oh, looking. Oh, really? For- all these oh i also that's right i remember this one you remember this may 5th 2018 do you it was at o'brien's cal marks black beach wrong and pleaser <gasps> yes oh my god that was so sick oh yeah because um because carl saw us at the black lodge and was like want to play with cal marks i'm like yes obviously yes yeah um, obviously obviously <laughs> Yes. And I'm like, that's the, the, the funniest thing about Pleaser is like all of our friends are punks and we did not fit anywhere on any bill. <laughs> it was so funny. Like, that's like, amazing. We, yeah. It's we were true. just, yeah, we were, it was just, there was no place for us. Um, but it was, but that kind of means every, there's every place for us because there's yes, no right. place for us. It so yep. it, was, it was good. Yeah. Get a lot okay. of opportunities that way. Yeah, exactly. They're like, okay, we need a weird opener. Hello. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there you uh, go. Yeah. 
Travis believes that June 25th, 2018 was splitting image half sour and please your at the automatic. Oh, so good. Like, so Travis and I really perfected our matching outfit game that time because his grandma bought us matching embroidered rose cowboy shirts from Shepler's.com right. for Christmas. And she just sent us these shirts and we were like, all right. Amazing. I think mm-hmm. we busted them out for the first time for that show. That was sick. Wow. <laughs> yeah there's a bunch yeah i'm just going through all the old uh, yeah so i think this is the first one where uh with pat like i'm kind of going ahead to patty melt um i'm looking i'm seeing where is it i just went by it uh it was april i know that i'm trying to remember the exact date it was okay nope Oh, here it is. April 6th. Yeah, you're right. April 6th at the Black Lodge, which actually, this is a, this was a wild show. It was Cavemen, Patty Melt, Andy California, Nice Guys Uh, at Black Lodge. And I, you know, it was crazy about this. I remember uh, Glenn, uh, Glenn told me that he was going to propose to (gasps) to Ginny. uh, Well, I remember he told me that while we were, we were mutually peeing. Oh <laughs> yes! And nice so guys amazing. are playing. Congrats, and Glenn! That, <laughs> no, thank yeah. you. That is amazing. Wow, that's a that's a pleasing circumstance, right? It but is. I believe that was the first uh, patty melt show, right? Um, you know what? Our first patty melt show was at O'Brien's. Oh um, damn! It okay. was at O'Brien's, and I'm actually totally forgetting who played it. I think. Oh, did Queen Crony play? Maybe. Yeah, Queen Crony, and I think, and maybe Beverly Tender, uh, and I, I don't know. Maybe I'm just getting it all jumbled in my mind. Yeah, it could be. Oh, no, I, birthday I might be ass. Thinking. Birthday ass play, oh, okay. for sure. Yeah, with the yeah. Black Lodge one, I was probably thinking of the first time I saw that. Yeah, <laughs> totally, totally. Oh, my God, this is, this is like, I'm just like, this is a really uh, big test for my brain. <laughs> like, <laughs> those years are a little yeah. foggy, all of them um uh yeah wow yeah that that show in at the black watch was so sick though like oh my god i just i love i mean obviously like andy california legend like right. such a, a great influence for front personship so good mm-hmm. um wait who else black beach played you said um i, I think wait it was yeah it was patty mill andy california nice guys uh, and the cavemen. And the cavemen. Oh, the yeah. cavemen. Oh my right. god. Oh, yeah. And yeah, with and uh, they were from Philly. Um, from Philly, yeah. They were, oh, I mean, so by that point. Yes. Wow. So this like was less than two years ago? Slightly less than two years ago, yeah. Jeez. Oh my gosh. And they were all so wow. sick too. I remember. I think they just like all partied too hard and then they got really sick. And they were on tour and they, <laughs> they were all like so tired. It was Oh, I remember that. Yeah, they were sick. Because I remember, so, like, Pete, he was like, don't go near me. I'm sick. Oh, yeah. You were <laughs> okay, man. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, you are sick. Yeah, so I do remember that now as well. Okay, this is hilarious, too. I Googled Patty Melt O'Brien's, and I got, like, Patty Melt at Eddie O'Brien's Grill and Bar. Oh, yes, <laughs> baby, then, yes. I love the menu item. Oh, right. oh, Patty Melt. 
there's an o patty <laughs> melt and chips um <laughs> yeah and there's uh sally o'brien came up but oh wow yeah I so don't, yeah i don't I'm, know yeah i used to be in like you could ask travis this dude as well i used to know like every date of things and i still am generally pretty good but like it's weird actually i'm like the the more recent stuff i'm not as like sharp with but i remember like i it's because boston's glory years ended in 17 baby that's why (laughs) that's right (laughs) actually no i i heard that they the first time it was ended in 14 2014 and that's the year i moved there so i was like 2012 too yeah Yeah, it's ended multiple times it's 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 always ending and beginning and i don't know yeah, Dude, Boston is no, so yeah, 2014, you you came in at a good point. That yeah, was, that was a I good. Mean, I don't want I don't want to go back at this point because we've already been there. But like, the nostalgia is kicking in just as how much things were happening then, uh, and then the was, new, ba- new bands were forming. It was just a lovely, yeah, period. It was so great. Yeah, really good times. Yeah. I'm glad well, you can look back at it as a golden period. Like that makes me happy because. <laughs> that's like the only time I was there and I'm like well it ended in 14 <laughs> right. so nobody likes anything that happened after oh <laughs> yeah I, I feel like there's always I mean the thing is uh, it's like there, there there are like really there were a lot of cool bands even like in the you know like say like 2012 or something but it's like you could always go back to like any point in time where it's like we're all either too young or too old for something right uh, <laughs> yes uh i forget who said that to me but someone said that to me and i was like yeah i mean that's true because i you know i was like oh man i missed this thing or whatever and um yeah and i you know it's like speak i think like too like when you know post pandemic I, I i feel like optimistic that when it's safe to do so that there's going to be some really interesting um things happening that people are going to be really thirsty for shows Totally. Yeah. I mean, also, it's just so funny that you say like that I'm too young, too old. Like I'm feeling old. I think I've aged like 10 years oh, <laughs> since this shit. all In the started. Past year? <laughs> yeah, I think I have. I think I'm, I think I'm an old maid. <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> oh snap. Yeah. I think you're younger. Than, I'm pretty sure you, I think you're younger than both of us. So, so we're real we're really uh we're really old bastards <laughs> we're in our 30s yeah oh man i just turned 29 okay yeah. <laughs> oh, what an age what an age i forget that age i i didn't do much i didn't do much during it so <laughs> yeah uh so well yeah so that uh, the um to say before you got to new york where the glenn was going before i wanted to talk there was the uh lily pad farewell show oh my god which was epic. what patty mel uh and am i drawing a blank um but... and uh splitting image splitting image of course and oh, oh who else I looked, it, I looked this up earlier and now i'm forgetting it patty mel splitting image it was a sick lineup it was one it was. of the sicker lineups Patty um, Mouth splitting image. I don't know. Was it Jim? No. I think, ooh, I think 
I think we wanted Jim to play, but he was in splitting image also. And he was like, no, oh, right. um, I can't, I, I'm going to try I mean, to look this. Right, I'm going to go back. I, I should know this. Um, and I did look this up. Was even it Love earlier. Strangers or was that different? Oh. I think it was a non-Travis band, actually. <laughs> no, I actually, maybe it was Love Strangers. Oh, you're um, right, actually. It was Love Strangers. <laughs> I yeah. just looked it up. Oh, amazing. Was it just the, three, three band? Yeah, yep. Okay, yeah, typical of the lily pad. Typical yeah. of the lily pad. Oh that's what I have. I have listed here August 30th, 2019, Patty Melt EP release show, Splitting Image and Love Strangers at the Lloyd Wow, Club. that is sick. I mean, yeah, that was an amazing show. Like, okay, I got to tell you guys, though. I mean, that was an amazing show. Like, it was it was a nuts time for me because, like, obviously, it was our, it was our literal last day in Boston also. Right. And, like, literally mm. the next morning, we had to get up at 6 o'clock and, dr- and get up get the u-haul wow. <laughs> from quincy from watertown so like that was a thing and also you know like obviously we parted into the night because it was our last night in boston and sure. you know that's sad and stuff um but uh yeah it was oh yeah that was a show it was crazy because it was the first show that i had two of my students high school students who came to the show from Wellesley High School in Wellesley, Massachusetts. And I was like, oh, wow. am I literally going to beep and boop around on this stage for these high school boys? I was like, <gasps> like, I think, I think one of my biggest fears, because, you know, I'm such a freak, you know, this, I'm such a freak and really? I'm also a teacher and that's a huge, like inner conflict for me. Right. <laughs> like, I'm just always trying to figure out like, what can I say online? What can I do? Like, how can I dress? You know, all this mm. stuff. Also, like I have a young face. So like a lot of high schoolers think I'm not even that much older than them, which is really frustrating when you're trying to like assert, right. um, you know, academic dominance over them. <laughs> uh, and it's just, it's confusing. Anyway, like I had two of my, like one amazing, like one of my amazing students who ended up actually majoring in musical theater. He was there and I was like, oh my God, you're going to see Patty Melt. You're in for a wild <laughs> ride. Um, <laughs> that was so fun. Patty Melt was such a fun band because obviously we had Andres getting to shine, be his shining star on guitar because he is like an absolute guitar hero, an absolute legend. He's in Birthday Ass too. I don't know if you guys have heard Birthday Ass. Yeah, yeah, totally. He is so good. He is just like the most amazing and like frantic and creative and imaginative. One of the most like imaginative musicians I know who also like is hilarious. Like a lot of his playing is like really funny. Like, cause he's funny and he just yeah. incorporates that, awesome. which is so it's sick. Oh, he's just so amazing. Um, so obviously we get that. Obviously we get powerhouse Travi on drums, drum set, not just like electronic drums, a la pleaser. It's my first time playing with Travis on drums, which is cool. And then Truly. like amazing guy, Steve Vellante from Rosie and the Roses, um, master of a bass six, which is like one of my favorite sounds in the world. Um, love those spaghetti western licks you know obviously i just love the basics um so yeah i mean that was that was such a fun band to be in but that was so short-lived because we just like moved to new york um and then we actually played a few shows in new york before the pandemic um i had my friend will join us on double necked guitar and bass six (laughs) 
to replace you because Andres moved to New York too. So, you know, we could keep like some sort of stuff going, but yeah, anyway, the pandemic happened. Like we were supposed to, we were supposed to open for Tradici Bhatri at Baby's All Right in April. And then that just got like steamrolled, <laughs> steam baby. Um, but anyway, that's what, that's what happened to everybody's hopes and dreams. Um, so yeah. I don't feel alone. Um, right. I actually like would be happy never playing a show again. Actually, that's not true. But you know what I mean? I just, I love not playing shows right now. It's so great. Um, <laughs> well, you know, it's funny. It's like, <laughs> I, it's weird. I have at least, I'm thinking even more as like, like sort of like a fan, um, you know, in, in general, of like going out shows where I on one hand, I'm like craving them so much. On the other hand, I am like enjoying the sort of quarantine life. I don't know how you feel. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> like, cause, cause yeah. I am such a FOMO monster. Mm-hmm. Like I'm always like, Oh, right. what am I missing? And Damn, like, uh, you know, but I, but I, you know, I'm an extrovert, but I'm also, I do really well by myself too. And like just having time to myself. Sure. Um, and so it's been amazing just to like nurture the introverted side of myself and like, again, make music by myself, but also just like, I've been watching so much TV <laughs> and movies <laughs> and stuff. Like I've done like, you know, I haven't been working that much. So it's just like, it's either in music or TV, like, <laughs> or just going out and like drinking at outdoor bars um, right. <laughs> and like walking around. Yeah. Cause that's all you can do. Um, but yeah, I've been loving it just cause I don't know. I feel like when Travis and I first moved to New York, I think we were out every single night, like almost every single night for like basically from September until March, because we were so psyched about being in the city. Like, you know, there were so many shows going on. Like there's so much amazing food here that's cheap and amazing. Like, I don't know. I just, I'm a huge foodie. I, I, I kind of hate that term foodie because you know, I just kind of <laughs> yeah. hate it, but I, no, I, I mean, do love food a lot. So yeah, it's weird. I actually don't like that term either, but it, and it's funny with like the food masters, uh, some, <laughs> some members would be like the foodies and I'm like, Oh my God, I hate when it's referred to as that. <laughs> it's just that kind of nerd speak that you're just like, uh, I do not want to be associated with that. Yeah. I'm cooler than a foodie. I'm a connoisseur. It's okay. It's funny. I, I'm the same way too, where like, I'll, I'll say like, um, uh, you know, I'll be like, yeah, uh, I hate when people say game changer, but then I'll be like, yeah, it was a really big game changer for us when we started doing like the record label. I don't know. I mean, I don't even think I would say that, but I'm just kind of saying like, and then I'm like, damn it. Why did I say that? That's <laughs> so good. Yeah. Um, but yeah, anyway, we were out like every night is doing something and, you know, New York like has happy hour. Boston does not. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> it's, I don't know. It was like, it was. It in our face. <laughs> yeah. It's just, you know, it's like, I don't know okay, I hate to say this because I'm going to just be that uh, that New York person or whatever, but living where I live in New York, it is so much cheaper than Boston. Everything is like so much less expensive, like bars, groceries. My rent That's great. is cheaper. Like it's it doesn't make any sense. Um, what part of New York, if you don't mind? I'm in Ridgewood. Inquiring. Have you guys been to Ridgewood? It's in Queens, oh, in but Queens. it's next we to love Queens. Yeah. Ugh. I love Queens. We, we used to go to Queens all the time. 
really fun. not for fun but at this this place called the the queen's <laughs> motor inn oh yeah it's infamously like it's terrible there but it's on queen yeah, I, don't it used to be on, I don't think it's there but it it was on queen's boulevard oh wow and rather than like you know we would see shows in brooklyn and sometimes manhattan i think but we would always stay at this queen's motor and just <laughs> lovely lovely little a hundred dollars a night yeah. establishment probably less or something i maybe. thought you guys were going to be paying by the it. hour <laughs> yeah so yeah if you like do like a like if you looked up like the Yelp reviews, which we didn't, we never did or anything, but, but like, you know, now I did like more recently and it was like, people were like, there are bed bugs and there are all these horrible things and uh, like, it, like drugs and uh, you know, all different sort of shenanigans going on that to the point that like, we mentioned it, I think to someone that was from Queens and they were like, wait, you were just going there just to like, stay there. Like, <laughs> like, <laughs> god though i can relate to that though like i you know i don't want to if especially if i'm only sleeping in a room i want right. to pay for a place where i just sleep and then i want to get the heck out of there you know like yeah no big deal right yeah exactly oh my god yeah um but i love queens i don't know what we were talking about oh yeah uh we were talking about the boston show but i don't have to go back there <laughs> no oh yeah well <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's not, I mean, New York City, it, I mean, it, just, it, it is like a wild, wild place. And, you know, I, I mean, I, I am, I'm, I'm jealous. Uh, it sounds like, you know, we're having, you know, still having a, a great time there. What, how does the, the music scene, at least like based in your experience uh, from September to March, how, how does that compare with, with Boston? Um, you know, obviously, like Boston definitely more of a community, like one community, you know what I mean? Like, I mean, there's like right. different communities, obviously, but there's fewer and you kind of see like the same people around. I mean, that's kind of true for New York too. Cause everyone is sort of like in their own insular communities, but there's like thousands of them. You know what right. I mean? Like they could overlap, but they might right. not. Um, so definitely, you know, I definitely feel, <laughs> I feel very insignificant, which I kind of like. <laughs> I kind of like that. Like I need to be humbled, um, a little bit. Uh, but I also, I mean, you know, we were, we actually had some stuff going, like it wasn't that hard to book shows. Like there's a few venues nearby, like the Windjammer. I don't know if you've heard or been there heard um, of it. or the been. footlight, which actually is now closed apparently, but the Windjammer, you can basically just stick your name on the calendar and play a show. Like it's pretty cool. Um, oh, and it's a cool yeah. dive bar, like 15 minutes walk from my place. And so, okay, you know, there were like perfect. little things like that. There were like little things like that, but obviously, you know, then there's like the big venues, like, you know, babies all right and all that stuff, um, which we only got asked to do that because um, a member of Patty Melt is also in Tridici Bocce. So definitely some, <laughs> definitely some, uh, you know, what do you call Next that? Yeah, just some connects there. But like, yeah. it was, you know, it was like, um, it, it was, you know, it was getting good. It was getting smaller. I was definitely meeting people, um, you know, but yeah, then everything kind of shut down. So I feel like, you know, some of those, I've kept some of those like new friends and connections, but you know, it's very introverted time. So, um, but you know, I, I have hope that it'll get a little better and maybe people will be, you know, cause a lot of people left too. 
Like right. a lot of yups were like, oh my God, I cannot handle this dirty city anymore. And they're like <laughs> moving to the Hudson Valley or Maine or something, you know. Um, Let's give the actually, Adirondacks. Yeah, are they, uh, yeah. <laughs> so like, I, I actually, I don't know. I know a few people who like got the heck out of here, um, but we stayed, you know, we definitely thought of getting the heck out of here, but we're like, eh, I like our place, you know? Hmm. So yeah. I was just like, what, you know, it, not everyone can just get up and leave their life. Like not everyone just gets to work remotely, you know, and like live that life. So right. it was, we stayed <laughs> because I had, I said I had a job. So, um, yeah, but I, I'm, I'm looking forward to it reopening. Like, you know, I'm a lot of venues have closed, but I don't know. I'm sure there's like a lot of trust fund venues that'll be okay. And <laughs> hopefully <laughs> I, know, I, have wondered that. I mean, I was, I hope the best, of course. I, I have wondered though, I, I, that like, um, you know, how some of these places have survived. I'm, I'm so glad that they have, and I hope that they do. Um, so, I mean, yeah, but I'm like, damn, all right, well, Hey, whatever works. I mean, I hope like, you know, they, they stay cause it sucks. The, it's bummer. The ones that, that have closed, you know, even pre COVID. Yeah, um, I mean, I, I yeah, I've heard like a lot of venues in Boston have closed. Um, did the Lily Pad close or no? Or O'Brien? I haven't heard anything no. about Lily Pad. I don't think so. I don't know. Okay. I don't think so. But okay, that's good. I was wondering, do you think maybe they could just in New York too? Venues that are open, once there becomes a safe period. I don't know when that will be, but say if there's a safe period, if they just have local bands play like these big mm. venues, because everyone's going to be thirsty for shows. So say Pleaser plays or your solo project, whatever you play just because you you're there, but not many people know about it. But I think everyone wants to hear live music. So if they supported the actual instead of booking these touring bands from wherever, start with just the local stuff on these big stages. Mm-hmm. That I, would be, I don't know. Yeah, it I don't know. Like it could be a pipe dream, but I don't know. Oh, that is such a beautiful utopia you have painted, Glenn. <laughs> I hope, <laughs> I hope Wouldn't that be cool? Like if you played like a thousand, if you played like a thousand, say if you played a thousand capacity place and then these were people that might not have, you know, who might have been like, oh, whatever, but now they're curious to check something out. Yeah. Boom. Those are like potential people that could be regular fans. Oh, that'd be so sick. Yeah. I mean, you know, a lot of the venues I went to before um, COVID actually were like really cool venues. And I feel like they actually mostly booked locals. Like, I don't know. I went to a bunch of dance clubs where like pretty much everyone was from New York like bossa nova civic club like those kinds of places and then you know like there's a bunch of like experimental venues that i'm pretty sure like just the heady noise artists play locally um yeah you know there's like big venues and stuff and like touring band venue places but i don't know like a lot of the stuff in queens and ridgewood was like definitely more locally focused or you know kind of like boston where it'd be like a touring band and like two local bands or something um yeah that's yeah, cool. sort of like more of like a little a nice little center for for 
performing arts. Yeah, and actually they just, oh, Sacred Bones just opened up a venue. Like pe- the people from Sacred Bones opened up this venue oh, in Ridgewood. Yeah, it's called TVI. We were drinking frozen margaritas there all summer. When, <laughs> but basically, I don't know, They it's super cool venue. And like, they literally opened in February before the pandemic. <laughs> it was like, oh, oh what wow. a bummer. Oh. Um, we got, we went to and one they'll, show they'll, there. They'll, they'll... What's that going? Which, oh, will, will they survive the, will they, will they reopen? I think so. I think so. Mm. That's cool. Yeah. Nice. I think we had to make a trip to New York. Mm. <laughs> you guys, you know, when, when it's safe again, you guys don't have to stay at the red carpet motel anymore. You can stay with us. <laughs> oh, thank you so much. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, right oh, sorry, on. the Queen's Motor Inn. Queen's Motor Inn, yeah. <laughs> the red carpet was next door. Oh, God, that place. Ooh, there is a red carpet <laughs> motel, and it is. There's like a strobe light in the lobby. It's really confusing. It's really steep. Oh, man. The, the fun never ends. Pay per yeah. hour. <laughs> well, I would say, like, I think we've been dying to do like a like sometime do like some out of town shows like food masters and Glenn and I also have another project with their friend, Brian, that uh, if you, if you're ever looking for an out of town band at that, at that dive bar, oh, near amazing. you, a pleaser food master show would be sick. Ooh, that'd be so sick. And then we can do a Boston one. You can, y'all can make your triumphant return to Boston. Oh, there. wow. That'd be so sick. We should definitely do that. So yeah. yeah yeah, absolutely. Um, we ask everybody this question, uh, and it's we're coming up on an interesting time too. Uh, when when do you think shows will return? Hmm. <sighs> Hard to say. I mean, I guess it depends on like how the vaccines stand up against all these variants. Right. Oh man. I don't know. I mean, things are coming back already, which I'm kind of squeaked out a little bit by. Yeah. Honestly, like, oh, yeah, you're going to open a 50% capacity show like now? Okay. Bold choice. Um, Bold. Yeah. They're doing like 35% in New York, I think, in a few weeks, um, which I think is bad. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. But. I don't know. Ah, it's like, it's so hard to tell. I, you know, it's, it's sort of like, I'm, I'm the type of person that lives so much in the present that like, anytime something like this is happening, I'm like, it's just going to happen forever. Yeah. I can see another reality. <laughs> I'm just like, I don't know when, um, I don't know, hopefully a year, hopefully. <laughs> yeah. Probably well, earlier I- though. I've said, uh, I've kind of jumped back and forth between summer and fall for, a while now and but also a big thing is if, if they can if people can do stuff outdoors that makes a big difference oh yeah but, totally but um but indoor stuff I, I you know I'm optimistic that um I've heard some people say summer I think that's probably too soon but like depending on how well this the vaccines that are roll up but uh I, I feel like fall well it's funny I just saw something I was telling Glenn um shortly before we recorded i saw it was like it was like dinosaur jr at house of blues november 27th <laughs> what yeah and i was like huh that seemed like sort of like interest you know yeah interesting yeah. are you are you guys um have you been poked and prodded 
vaccinated? Uh, no, no, uh, not not yet. It's, it's funny. Uh, some of my family has though. Oh, that's um, good. Um, um, whenever we can, we'll run to it. What a, have you? I have. Um, I I qualified under the teachers. Okay. Oh, right. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. So that that is a godsend. Um, but yeah, but yep. Both shots. Moderna. Um, you know, I'm still going to be careful though, because Travi isn't vaccinated yet. So I want to make sure Mm -hmm. he gets his vaccine before we go on any jaunts. Right. That's, that's good. It's smart. Yeah. Yeah. We, we actually had the virus, (laughs) um, like a year ago, pretty much exactly a year ago. We had the virus. Um, we got it early. I lost my taste and smell. Um, I know this because I was trying to recreate North shore beach pizza in our house. Um, and, uh, I couldn't taste the sauce (laughs) and I had a lot of garlic in it. (laughs) I know I couldn't taste the pizza. It just was a texture. It was really weird. Did did you regain the taste? Yes. Yes, I did. That's all that happened though. Travis felt like trash for like an entire day, just really sore, but we got really mild versions. We got really lucky. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. For sure. Well, I'm glad to hear that it was, you're safe and that it uh, wasn't too bad. Thanks. (laughs) Yeah, of course. Um, So, uh, before we wrap it up, do you want to talk about the, the latest uh, pleaser? Sure. So actually, um, Travis and I have just been like making a lot of stuff during quarantine. Um, we moved into his mom's house for like a few months um, after like our bout of COVID passed and we quarantined and stuff. We like spent the mm-hmm. summer in Massachusetts um, oh, wow. and we made a lot of music in his mom's basement while we were there. Um and yeah, we actually, we made a few tracks. I think what's going to happen is we're going to release a single like really soon. Like we're going to make a little video for it. Um, it's like a disco cowboy track. It actually already came out on a compilation yes. that, um, right. that Olivia WB um, posted. It already came out, but like, I feel like not a lot of people saw that. So we're just going to make a video for it and pretend it like that didn't happen. That's awesome. Um, yeah. And then, you know, we've been making music together. Like we bought, um, this task cam Porta studio and we've been like hanging out together and like doing this thing where we're like, okay, we got to write and finish a song and record a song into the task cam in one hour. And whatever we do is what the song is going to be. It was sort of like improv comedy where you have to be like, yes. And yes. And, you know, um, <laughs> love that. Yeah, it was really fun. Again, like trying to get to this beginner's mindset again, because like music has caused so much anxiety in my life, especially as an adult. I'm just like, oh, you're just like always like, oh, should I still Mm -hmm. be making music? Oh, music is so hard. But it's like not such a baby whining, whining about it. Um, Anyway, (laughs) I've just been trying to have more fun is what I'm trying to say. So um We've been doing that and like making some pleaser stuff with that. And like Travis is like a little synth boy now. And he has like, <laughs> um, he's bought like a couple of Eurorack modules with his stimulus checks. Yes. <laughs> yeah, we've just been, we're just going to like, we're, we're going to make some music. We've been making it. And then I don't know, we'll figure out about a release, but we'll definitely release that cowboy single and video very soon. So, yeah. 
Okay, cool. Yeah, definitely yeah. keep an eye out. Yeah, and Travis just finished mixing my album today, and so we're gonna he's gonna master oh, it snap. over the next couple of weeks, and then um, we'll figure out what to do from there. So that that is incoming as well. So yeah. Hell yeah. Okay, yeah. cool. All right, so yeah, we got awesome. new there and new Carrie solo. Yes, Carolyn. Carolyn. I I I think that's what How I. How do you be. spell that now? C A R O L Y N. This is my full name, and nice. actually, <laughs> the name of my inner saboteur. <laughs> like every, I don't know. Oh yeah. Like every time I'm like feeling down, I'm like, just shut up, Carolyn. <laughs> You're not Carrie. I have a question. <laughs> yeah. A quick lightning round. It's just, well, okay. I was wondering, what are your thoughts on Lana Del Rey? I love her. But I also think that she's. Oh, I like, love her too. Oh my God. I love her. Dude, actually, Travis and I went to go see her play at the TD Garden. No. We That's went awesome. To, I know. We went, I, I know. It was I before. Went. It was before Norman fucking Rockwell came out, which was like even better than the Whoa. album before. You know that. Is but um, still alive, Norman Rockwell. No, I don't think so. I mean, that's just what it's called. <laughs> oh, okay. The album is called Norman fucking Rockwell. Oh, okay. Uh, I was because like, Lana Del Rey, dude, I love how freaking sleazy the lyrics are, like, and yeah. so like, I don't know. There's. I, Oh, I I can't I can't even begin to dissect her. Okay. I I'm I don't understand her at all. But <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad she's here. That's cool. I yeah. I had to ask you that. I felt I felt like we had a kinship over her. Oh my God! Yes. Yeah. Not that I, anyone would be able to tell that I that I really love her, but I, I don't I don't think anyone would be able to. But who knows? You know who else? <laughs> Travis told me that Doug Tuttle also really likes Lana Del Rey, which I'm like, yes, oh. get the DIY heads into Lana into Del Rey. It, yeah. Yes. The Lana Del Rey Club. Yeah. You all can start. <laughs> <laughs> it's such a trashy music. I mean, like, I wouldn't even call it my guilty pleasure. It is a pure pleasure, but I just, I think her lyrics are so funny sometimes. Like, I'm just like, oh my God. But it's also, you know, it's making fun of the hipster, making fun of the. I mean, I just don't know what side yeah. she's on. You know what I mean? I don't know if right, she's exactly. in on it. I don't know if she's in on it or if it. it I kind of relate to that with my own lyrics. Like, I want people yeah. to ask, like, is she in on this? Like, does she know what she's even saying right now? <laughs> I kind of sure. want that. Yeah. <laughs> That's kind of the draw is that, yeah, at one point it's like, because I like to sometimes go and look up like song meanings or see line by line what oh. each line means i like to do that on genius i don't know if you've cool. ever been on that website but yeah but then i think like wow like you know it is like you could really go wild just all the different references and uh yeah yeah hopefully I'd it's just a, one big elaborate was. plank <laughs> <laughs> Lyrine. sorry i interrupted you <laughs> oh man well cheers to that cheers I, that to was, that that was my lightning that was my lightning round i don't know if chris has anything else <laughs> quick lightning round uh chris see. what what top 40 do you like you know it's interesting i try to uh I like i like try to get into pop music but it, it like depend. i don't know some of the stuff i I'm trying to think of the last thing, big thing. Glenn, what's the last big thing I've I've gotten into? 
Nah, man, I don't think you really do. I like to say I like to say <laughs> I do. I'm sorry, but I then, just don't think you do. I yeah, I like to say that I do. It's I have the opposite. <laughs> it really do. It really is an opposite problem because I think I'm referring to like when I say like something I like pop music. I'm usually referring to like chumbawamba or something you know yes. or like well but that is though that's the thing right. is people think like that alternative rock is not pop music and it is so freaking poppy right. it is like first chorus pre-chorus right. bridge right. Right. like it's so freaking generic like it is so right. but it's like we love it you know it's so good oh of course yeah i'm a big 90s and like 80s pop guy um yeah. I really Absolutely. like one of one of my favorite songs ever is uh Barbie Girl by Aqua. Oh god, yeah. Because her <laughs> her voice is so snotty. I'm her, a Barbie girl. Yeah, yeah. it's like really and it's funny because when it came out, I hated it, you know, and my you know, like brother would right. be like, Oh, like you know, you gotta hear this or whatever. And uh I was like, No, I didn't want to hear it. You know, I was, I was like into, you know, I don't know, probably I know I liked the pop stuff at time. I don't know. It's weird. I like. I think I do. I want to listen to more pop music though. But every time I do, that's more like current. It's uh, I either don't like it or or whatever, or just don't pursue it. I don't know. Yeah. But, what about Billie Eilish? I mean, she, she's a little alt. <laughs> uh, I never listened to her. I, I'll have to check it maybe, out. Maybe. Maybe. I don't know though. I don't know, Chris. Maybe. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I couldn't. I, I couldn't. I couldn't say for sure. Yeah. <laughs> I think yeah. that Jim Leonard is the closest thing, man. <laughs> Probably, yeah. He got you too. He got too poppy for me. <laughs> oh His older stuff was so much better. <laughs> I mean, I do prefer. I think I said that to him on the podcast of that I do prefer his older stuff, but but, <laughs> but oh, snob. You gotta, we'll, I'm an unabashed. Carrie and I will we'll, we'll, we'll indoctrinate you back to Pitchfork 2010, man. Yeah, All right, yeah. We'll get back there. Yeah, come on. I mean, yeah. You know what? You would love Chris. Vampire you should listen weekend. to Megan the Stallion. Those lyrics are okay. You will blush. <laughs> Okay. Record, That's true. Yeah, you should. Yeah, I think that could right. be some yeah. pop that you would like. I think you would think that that was really intense. Also, there's a lot of tracks where she's just rapping over an 808, and that's it. That's the only production, which I think is really cool. So. Okay. All right. Cool. I I listened to what I think uh, it was to a Cardi B song. I like that. A WAP. That song is amazing. Actually, it wasn't <laughs> that one. I need to listen to that. I can't remember what it was, but. It was um, recommended on one of our podcast people. Yeah, right. Like Angela Sawyer. Yeah, we were talking um, to Angela Sawyer. Maybe Angela Sawyer too. Oh, yes. That's amazing. I'm so glad that Angela recommended that. That makes me, that, <laughs> that makes my love of that song validated. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I've been, I, I'm like terribly behind, but I try to make a, a playlist with like, all the podcasts based on like whatever's like if a, if a name's mentioned and it's you know unless it's just like really in passing and it's not really like a, a you know a band that the guest was into it was just like it came in passing but like mm-hmm. so like say we just mentioned Car- cardi beat that's you know so i'd i'd probably put that into the playlist amazing <laughs> of this yeah. podcast yeah, so this would be this would be a good one. Uh, the only problem is I'm like six months behind. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that song swept the nation, but not Chris. <laughs> uh, 
<laughs> yeah. Well, um, let's see. So oh, I think man. I don't. Yeah, I don't know if I have any uh, any like lightning. It's fun. This is the problem too. Is whenever Glenn and I say we're gonna do a lightning r- round, not only do we not just do a regular normal sort of paced round, it's like a painfully slow like turtles paced <laughs> round. <laughs> Usually, it's, 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 it's this exact thing that always plays out. Yeah. Wow. Um, okay. Uh, all right. So no, no, no. Oh, damn. Um, no, just go with it. Okay. Just go, with, go with your heart, man. All right, go, I'll go. With, just whatever you, whatever you had. All right, New York or Boston? Oh shit. <laughs> okay, I'm gonna say New York, but I don't know. I might like Massachusetts more. Hmm. Okay. Hmm. Like, like the entirety of Massachusetts, but I prefer New York as a city to Boston. That's awesome. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, unless uh, Mr. Glenn has anything else to to uh, any other uh, brain busters to to, <laughs> to tell us that you, uh, you know, this has been amazing, Carrie. It's been so much fun, like recapping yeah, and a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah, just it's been so much fun just talking with you. Possibly life changing. Yeah, no, no, it is. Uh, to quote Frank Hurricane, <laughs> quite possibly been life changing, which is true. Like it really is. The um, I don't know these these podcasts feel like every, every like, small every small interaction is a life changing event. It's great. Yeah. No, it's it, it, it oddly feels like for me at least it feels like therapy. Totally. <laughs> And like, but, but with, I guess with music, I don't, I don't know. I, I don't yeah. really know where I was going with that. <laughs> no, I mean, like we got some nostalgia going, but we yeah. also like, I just love to talk. I mean, it's really fun to like hear what people's processes are in terms mm. of like music stuff, because it, I don't know, mm. humanize it, is it, it brings people off of their pedestal a little bit, like to like, you know, listen to your podcast and like, you know, um, like hear about like how someone does something or whatever like I just think like no matter what skill that is or whatever like to hear somebody talk about how they do what they do is like I don't know I just I love I love listening to stuff like that so it's, it's yeah cool. absolutely no I, I know exactly right, what you right mean. back at you yeah. yeah so yeah no, thanks again thanks so much we really 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 appreciate you being on and giving us uh, all your t- that time it's been great of course it's been so fun I miss you guys I'm psyched for I don't know I am psyched to see you when this is all over and like please don't hesitate to contact Trav and I and like stay in our living room um, we've got some mattresses like Ikea mattresses um, that we bring out for the guests <laughs> so, oh, damn. yeah yeah so it's like a real mattress on someone's floor um, if you want if you want but also like I don't know you guys are grown men also you might just want to get a hotel room too but I appreciate that yes sooner rather than later yeah totally